The James Suckling Podcast. Wine ratings, reports, interviews and more. Hello, how are you? I'm great. Hi, Alejandro. Hi. I'm really looking forward to tasting all of these with you and getting your insights to the vintage, the different parcels. Um, fascinating stuff what you do with the you know single parcel micro vinification all of that it's it's wonderful right so tell us in in what order you you'd like to go maybe we can start with the two whites I have the white stones and the white bones I think and then we can go back to we can either continue with Adriana Vineyard or Angelica's Pata I think whatever fits in with your story um, I think what we should do is taste Adriana all together first. What do you think, Alejandro? Yeah. I would, I would yes. Just, yes. do whatever Alejandro says, but I would start with that. All right, yeah. so Great. let's go ahead and start with, with Adriana. And um, This is a 20 that is very interesting. For me, it's one of the best vintages in the last 20 years. Two, two points. One is the temperature is very low. Normally, it's two mm. or three centigrade. In the end of the ripening, ripening is good. So, so yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah ripening, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> ripening, that's. Um, and is the is real, real dry. We have only two two events: the precipitation in in February and March, but it's perfect. That's very, very good year. Um, Specific for Adriana, maybe. Uh, maybe it's very similar for 2004. Uh, no, it's mm. Two, three centigrade for uh, Winkler. You know Winkler? The Winkler scale, in, yeah. Winkler, uh, in this, that is, is, uh, is Winkler 2, this, this vineyard. It's similar mm. for Burgundy. That's very, very interesting. That we, you see, that is very interesting. Como hago para compartir. Oh, yeah, Alejandro wants to share some, some pictures that he took this week. Ah, estoy inhabilitado. Yeah, yeah. This, that that's is the, 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 the soil for Adriana. That is it's a limestone, pure limestone. Mm. That's, that is crazy. You see? Yeah, it's this beautiful. This is white bones. Yeah. This is white And bones. is that scattered over the surface or is it more of a subsoil? Oh, this is uh, 20 centimeters. Yeah. You have all limestone. The yeah. first uh, first is uh, sandy and mixed from sand clay. That is a specific clay. You see the, the this in red. It's totally different. I see only one time in my life. It's in Adriana only. That is a specific clay soil, a little red. But it's very interesting. That's... The really interesting thing is that, you know, when we started studying the Adiana Vineyard, uh, which was planted in 1992, uh, but at first we, you know, we didn't do a lot of soil analysis because I, nobody did it in Argentina. And then, you know, we have a partnership with uh, Domen Baron de Rocha at Lafitte. Uh, so we've traveled a lot to France um, and, uh, you know, everybody was talking about soil and, this is partly why we hired Alejandro to, to head up our research department. You know, I had started the research yeah. department in 1995, but in, in the early 2000, Alejandro was the head of the soils division at the research 
um, uh, there's like a research center. It's like the INRA in France, in Argentina. Yeah, I see and, and he was the director of the soils department. And we were so impressed by him that we tried to hire him. And at first he said, no, no, I'm an academic. <laughs> and then he was uh, making his own wines at the, at the research institute because he's also a winemaker. And they, at around the same time, they, they said, you can no longer make your wines. That's not allowed. You know, you need to only do soil studies. So he got mad and he said, okay, I'll take the job from Catena. <laughs> So, so this is how he came to work with us. And so when he came, you know, I had been asking the team a lot about terroir because, you know, I, I have a, I spent a lot of time in France growing up and I have a big influence from France and, you know, there really wasn't that much knowledge. And with Alejandro, we, we, we started mapping all our vineyards and Adriana was, was our first project. And we did 70, 70 soil pits per hectare. You know, that is, a lot of soil pits. And what we realized was that this was a dried riverbed that with, you know, the earthquake activity, volcanic activity, the rivers drying up and moving around had all these different micro parcels, aeolic influence in some places from the wind. This whole story is told in our book. But what Mm. we realized was that we had all these micro parcels. And then, you know, when we started micro vinifying from each parcel, we, we realized that we had extraordinary differences. And that's how the Adriana wines were born because we realized that before we were blending things and it was it was somewhat criminal to blend something so beautiful and so different even if the blend was good you know it it, it, it was sad to to blend something so glorious and so distinctive and and that's how white stones and white bones actually we made before the Malbecs and then it was it was basically the success of, of the white wines that I went back to Alejandro and I said, but Alejandro, do we have such differences with Malbec? He's like, yeah, of course. And I said, why are we not, you know, making the Malbec? And he's like, because you didn't ask me, you know, like we didn't talk about it. I've been wanting to do it for years. I actually have a a real stone from White Stones. And you see how, uh, like I have this in my house to show. And, you know, in in the White Stones sector, we have stones like this. And they're just like you see in this picture with Alejandro, they're both mm-hmm. on surface and below. What's different about the white bones uh, sector is that there's more crumbled white material. And mm-hmm. um, and it's here. I, I, I can show you a little, like, I don't know that you'll be able to see this, but see? Yep. Yeah, I see it. Yeah. And, and the uh, reason why it's this. called white, white bone <laughs> is like that. It's like the crumbled uh, calcium carbonate. And the reason why, uh, but that is a, a big piece. Then you have underneath this, like, it's almost like caked together, almost like, you know, like you were making a cement wall and it's all caked together. And, you know, the theory is that this calcium carbonate is, is very rich in microbes. And we've done microbial studies and we've found a lot of microbes. People told us, oh, no, you're a desert. You probably have no microbes. And, you know, it's teeming with microbes. No. Plus, this is an, an organic vineyard. And the thought, the theory, you know, there's a lot of theories about pH and limestone soils. Uh, but my theory, and Alejandro shares that, is that, you know, this calcium carbonate absorbs a little water and it's very friendly to microbes. And mm-hmm. we think that the, some of the complexity and some of the aromas and flavors might actually come from this microbial activity, you know, that affects, you know, the yeast and fermentation, absorption of nutrients, you know, lots of different things. Uh, and why why these I mean these wines are so incredibly different and they're literally one next to the other they're so close to each other 
Um, have you tasted them yet? Um, I have, I have. Gonna... And I was going to say, I think, you know, blending is, is an art and all, but if you can manage to, to make such expressive and different okay. wines that express their terroir, it's, it's fascinating. I mean, I mean, I'm, I would love to taste them with you, but one of them is just so mineral and the other is so yeah. aromatic. It's incredible. Right. right. Yeah. So here is just for you to see. I don't, I don't know if this is very good to show this, but basically uh, this is the white bones right here and this is white mm -hmm. stones in the vineyard. So, you know, they're very close to each other. Yeah. So you see bones is up, up on top and then you see this lote one and then underneath you see the stones. And like Alejandro said, What's very distinctive about Adriana Vineyard, this particular sector, is that there's very shallow topsoils. And, and underneath, there, there's what we call canto rodado, really big rocks. And so really water just comes in and out. And this is why this is a great place to farm, but also very difficult because the yields are so low. You know, you can't get high yields here uh, because it, there's no water retention. It, it's a pretty stressful place for vines. And that's what this, we work this on. Part, yeah. This part, we have real stress. Yeah. That's crazy. And here, these bones, you have more, more limestone. Um, you have 50% more in capacity of water. That's yeah. very crazy. Yeah. It's nothing. It's in the same line. Eh? Yeah. yeah, that's crazy. And the, is the elevation similar or is, is, uh, is that? Yeah, it's pretty, pretty close. Pretty close. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's not exactly same. identical, but it's pretty similar. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Although, the, although the vineyard is on a slope, it is on a slope. Um, yes, so, so the, so for here, example, the, yeah. And here you have country here and the end of the vineyard, this is west. Mm -hmm. It's hundred meters different altitude. Yeah. Okay. Nothing. The same vineyard, a yeah. little more. That's, yeah. Really I, mean, I guess we have to bear in mind this is the same vineyard. It's just yeah. different plots within the vineyard. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, so same, west. Different plots. Exactly. So you have a little slope of five to fifteen degrees, and so you know more west is closer to the mountains, is a little higher, and then as so we have the Chardonnay planted in the higher plots, and the Malbec planted in the you know it's still very high. It's but very perfect, Yeah. Mm. The white stones are white bones. Um, you know, the winemaking is very similar, very gentle. We don't use new oak, uh, no mallow. Uh, we use a second use barrels and we allow for, Alejandro, um, please correct me if I say anything yeah, wrong. Yeah, 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 5,000 feet. And we, we allow it? for a, a, like when the grapes come in, we allow for an oxidation event, just like they do in Burgundy to prevent mm. uh, premature oxidation. Um, and then after, you know, a cold soak, uh, we put the wine in barrel and we, we only do like batonage twice in the whole process. We like to keep it in barrel, not touch it too much. Uh, we have a lot of native flora that goes into these wines. Some years there's like a little uh, flor that develops and Alejandro loves mm. it because it protects the wines. You know, these wines are very fresh uh, and, and, and we want them to be that way, really floral and really, you know, uh, tasting like, like those particular sites. Okay, so let's move to the reds. What are, I would say, um, why don't you do, um, in terms of the order, let me see how she has them. Fortuna, Fortuna. River, and Mundus. That is the correct order. Exactly. Yeah, so, Fortuna, River, and then uh, Mundus, yeah. So do you want to taste as we talk, or how would you like to do this? There. Uh, yeah, perfect. Okay. Perfect. So 
I, I will give you a little bit of how I see the wines tasting, and then I'll let Alejandro talk a little bit about um, how we apply Pinot Noir winemaking techniques to Malbec, uh, because I think that's really one of the, the big revolutions of the last you know, 20 years. Uh, and a lot of it had to do with experimentation at the Catera Institute and, and Alejandro uh, questioning why were we making Malbec like Cabernet Sauvignon when actually uh, what we're trying to preserve are the florals and the, the delicate aromatics. And we already have smooth tannins, so we don't need a long maceration to soften the tannins. And so I, I'd like for Alejandro to talk about how all the winemaking techniques that really highlight the the elegance of Malbec and the soft tannins and the florals. Uh, but so he'll tell you about that whole cluster and all that. I, I just want to mm. talk a little bit about these three wines, the location and, and what I think are the salient features. So Fortuna Terrae comes from a much deeper soil. It has some of these white stones in it, but it's it's very sandy, loamy. Um, it's, it's a slightly more generous uh, soil that, you know, retains some water. When I say retain some water, that doesn't mean much in Mendoza because it will still be the driest soil there ever was in Bordeaux or Burgundy. It's, you know, so when I say a little more water, I'm talking still very, very, uh, you know, low water in the soil, very high stress, but it's a little more generous. And the reason we call it Fortuna Terrae is because Fortuna Terrae means luck of the earth. And in that particular parcel, we have a little more vigor. The cover crops are a little more vigorous. It's, you know, it's an organically farmed vineyard. Um, so that's Fortuna Terra. And, and for that reason, Fortuna Terra to me is often the most elegant and the most Pinot Noir-like. If, if you were not looking at the color, that's so dark. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it has beautiful aromas. It's a little lighter. And actually James called it, I don't remember the vintage, the Latache of Argentina. And he was the first person. Who, in Was it 2012? 12. 12. 12. And... Um, he, Alejandro has much better memory than me. He and my father have such good memory. It's, it's very annoying for me because I forget everything. But, but, you know, James was the first person actually to comment. Uh, you know, we had been applying all these winemaking techniques to Malbec, but he was the first person to make comparisons between that cool climate style of Malbec and Pinot Noir and that, that kind of elegance. And the, the, the wines age also in a similar sort of way, high acidity, you know, really elegant wines. Then the river stones comes from an area that's actually not that different from white stones. Um, mm. So, so this, this soil is more stony, really good mm. drainage, very, you know, the yields are lower, um, which, you know, in Burgundy, there's all this controversy, like you don't necessarily want excessively low yields either. It's like, you know, the whole discussion mm. about plant health, you know, we want a healthy vine. If a vine is so stressed, it's like a person who's too stressed. They're not going to do anything good. So we always have to find that balance. But river stones, it, you know, it's a little more stress on the vine. The yields are lower. And to me, it's mm. the most, is the Malbec that goes most in the Cabernet direction. You know, if, if there's one of the three. I was just going to say it has, uh, compared to uh, Fortuna, it's, it's a bit more peppery. You've got a bit it's, of like yeah. chili pepper, cracked pepper, yeah. cloves. Exactly. exactly. It's got like sort of darker yeah. spice character to it. You have red red fruit, but in the yeah. first line, you're more uh, spices and sweet spices. Mm. That. I even get like pine cones and bark, which I sometimes mm -hmm. would get for Cabernet rather than uh, like, I guess, Pinot or Malbec. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. And, and the clove, I, I also get the clove um, on this wine. Same, sometimes. Yeah. 
and in 20 we have some club yeah um, and mundus so, and then the and then the mundus actually comes from a from a, a tiny little um parcel it's 1.4 hectares in the center of the vineyard um and the original adiana um wine that was the first vintage was 2004 which was made by alejandro that wine came from that parcel and then we subdivided at the end into three parcels and so um it's a small parcel very shallow topsoil it has some calcium carbonate and some stones but the, the key characteristic is that very shallow the vines have really deep roots like we every time we we explore like they go way beyond two meters um, the yields are naturally low. We have the Masal selection of Malbec planted there. And it's always been this Malbec that to me is just sort of unforgettable. You know, it's, it's very classic. It's very elegant. It's very beautiful. And the one thing is it is often the wine that takes the longest to open up. And, um, mm. you know, it really like usually the, both the Fortuna and the river will be quite open and the Mundus is really tight. And you have to wait right, another um, three or four years. Vertical. And yeah. I actually I found yeah. that I, I wrote in my tasting note, it's still quite reserved. It, it, it needs time it to and, and one of the things that is important about um, all these Malbec, uh, and actually all the Malbec that you will taste with us today, is that they're all coming from massage selections uh, mm. that are pre-philoxeric and all the vineyards are ungrafted. The the Chardonnay is grafted mm. because Chardonnay has much more shallow root systems, and so in very stony soils. Um, it, it, it needs to be grafted because otherwise you'll have problems with uh, water and, and mm. it, too much stress. But Malbec, actually, this is one of the reasons why Malbec does so well in Argentina is that it really does well with stress uh, and with our dry climate and uh, it develops really deep root systems. Um, but these are massage selections and, you know, it's, it's really extraordinary what we have in Argentina. It's, it's really a treasure because in, in Europe, many of the, the Massal selections disappeared. You know, even in Burgundy, Aubert de Vilaine is like, uh, you know, avidly looking for old vineyards to take selections from because, you know, so much was reduced to a few clones. And we actually never did that clonal reduction because most of that was done after phylloxera because people were looking for higher yields because, you know, they were so desperate. And then with grafting, it was a lot easier to prepare a couple of, you know, single clone plants and make these gigantic plants that then you grafted, then to do the old method of planting, which was you would just go to a vineyard, take the plants you liked, the cuttings and plant that in, in straight. You either plant it in planters or straight on the vineyard. And in Argentina, um, most of the vineyards were planted that way. You know, you just take the cuttings from one place and mm. we've always shared. In so, the whole of Argentina or in your vineyards? In all of Argentina. For us, all these wines that you will taste today are 100% ungrafted. Now we are starting to graft in some places, but it's more related to climate change because the Polsen rootstock is better with uh, water. Um, and so right. that, that that's, you know, it is most likely that Argentina will move to you know, in certain terroirs, there will be grafting and in others not, depending on the water availability. But right mm -hmm. now, you know, we have all these incredible vineyards that are, you know, 20, 30, uh, 100 years old uh, that are all ungrafted. And it's, it's quite extraordinary. And, and I do think that it's, it's part of the magic. But, but the real magic comes from this diversity. And what, what Alejandro does 
to harvest in different passes is particularly doable with these diverse selections because what we find is that even if we have some vines that produce more than others, they kind of all reach a similar moment. Like they don't, they're not as different in, in ripening as you would think. And I think that's because the root systems are talking to each other. We all know that trees talk to each other in forests. Well, vine systems do too. But you'd be surprised mm. if you went to the vineyard because you're going to see like a, one vine with like three times more grapes than another, but they're all at a fairly similar moment of ripening uh, because they function as a team. Shall we move on to Nicasia? Yes. So Nicasia, Alejandro loves Nicasia. So this yeah. vineyard is in the south of the Uco Valley in a place called Paragel Damira. And it was planted around 1994-96. I don't remember exactly. It has the Masal selection. And um, it, um, to me, the reason it's called Nicasia is my great-grandmother. But she, uh, my my grandmother was Angelica. She has the name of this old vineyard, the 100-year-old vineyard. You, you're going to taste her wine, you know, with the Angelica later. But um, Nicasia was her mother, but she was my real grandmother because Angelica actually died of, in a car accident when my father was quite young. So I was brought up by the, my, my grandmother that brought me up was Nicasia, and she was just the most loving person in the world. And to me, this wine is all love. It's like a big hug. I, I always describe it that way because it's, it's so velvety and smooth and loving and, and just, just so beautiful. Sweet. And yeah, full and Alejandro, full-bodied, full exactly. You know, at the, in the same time, black and, and, and red fruit, some violet that is very interesting for all Malbec in Argentina. You have a little violet. But this is I get this um, sort of almost tea leaf, like brewed tea, licorice quality, which is kind of ties into the big hug. You know, when you give someone a nice cup of tea, it's, it's yeah. really <laughs> we I ha- love We tea. say the, the old style Malbec for me. Yeah. It's yeah. a more bigger wine. That's... We have some limestone soil too, but it's more deep, around to one and one and point five meters deep. Uh, it's very, very short uh, in the Cordillera Frontal, you know, Andes Mountain. You have in, mm-hmm. in twenty kilometer is the Andes Mountain. That's. Uh, one of the best play for me for Malbec in this style, huh? I, depending, depending, but it's a more horizontal style, more full body and sweetness and liquorice and that. It's still elegant and very, very mineral, very yeah, yeah. focused. Yeah. For me, the, you see the calicata in the old root is uh, 1.5 meters. For the um, stony calcar uh, position, you see mm-hmm. all root in this. Uh, for me, it's very important for this flavor, the minerality and elegance. You know, mm-hmm. all wine for for us, the more important thing is easy for drink, easy for all food, <laughs> and and this character, uh, more lineal character. That's yeah, pure character. I agree. Okay. Nicolas Catena? No. So, yeah. So, Nicolas Catena yes. is, um, you know, it's the, for this uh, particular vintage is uh, Cabernet Malbec and Cabernet Franc. 
And let me tell you exactly the percentage. So that is 42 wrong. Cabernet, 30% so, Malbec, yeah. and 28 Cabernet Franc. Cabernet Franc. 19 is a little more hot temperature. Um, for me, for uh, Cabernet Franc, it's very good uh, for, um, for acidity and flavors, a little more fresh flavors. Mm. And for 19, it's perfect. I, you know, in Malbec, it's a little more way. That's very good way. But I like Cabernet Franc. It's more lineal, herbal, and fresh. A little more elegant. And put this note in the in the mouth. Uh, must dry, too much dry. For me, uh, some Malbec is, for 19 is sweet. I need mm. a little more vertical, vertical sensation. Cabernet Franc for me is very similar for Malbec, uh, different flavor, but, but uh, you see the play in the wine. It's really yeah, transparent. It's just, I, I guess because of the blending, um, but it's it's so complex. You've got this, you've got your red and your dark fruits, but you've also got this like mossy dried earth, uh, like sandalwood quality. It's quite, it's very aromatic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, so this this is a very special wine for us, um, Claire, because it was the first time my father said, OK, I've made a wine in 1997 that can stand head to head with the Grand Cru's from Bordeaux. And mm. we actually released this wine with the 1997 vintage with blind tastings where we had Solaya, which had been, you know, wine spectator, top wine. I don't know if, if James was still there. He might have been the person reviewed that yeah. wine and gave it 100 points. In 1997, I think he was still a spectator. Oh, probably. Yeah. Probably, yeah. So yeah, this, yeah, he was it, it was probably true. James that, that gave that rating. And, and then it was, um, you know, the Solaya, we had um, Opus One. Uh, we had, um, in some tastings, we had uh, Latour and others. We had uh, Aubryon. And then um, we had came a special selection. Yeah, and Opus One. And... Our wine came in either first or second in every tasting. And in all the tastings, we asked people to guess which one was our, our wine and not a single person, except for me, I knew which one was our wine. And it was really extraordinary because people were so shocked that such an elegant, beautiful wine was from Argentina because they didn't even know what to think of Argentine wine. And, and you know, and the reason why this wine is very special is because it does have that, that little bit of a cabby taste that people who have grown up with Bordeaux or with Napa, you know, they're, they're familiar with that sort of cabbie taste. And uh, my father really loves the blend of Cabernet and Malbec. And what's beautiful also is that this was the primary blend in the 19th century in Bordeaux. And I found mm -hmm. this in the uh, Encyclopédie Française uh, of the 19th century and on the Encyclopedia Britannica, it actually says that there was more Malbec planted than Cabernet Sauvignon in the Médoc. And so these wines, you know, the, the great, the Grand Cruz from the 19th century would have been made with a great deal of Malbec. And that blend would have disappeared if it weren't for us reviving it from Argentina. You know, there's our wines, there's a few others. Um, but we were the first um, sort of Bordeaux blend um, to, to be launched out in the world. Um, and so this wine is very historic for us. And you might not know this, but we are currently selling it in both Europe and Asia with the Negociants. Uh, and that's been really exciting because now, you know, our wine is put in tastings with the Grand Cruz. And it's been really exciting because the reception has been amazing. Uh, 
I mean, we, we can't, we basically sell out in the first month that we release. Uh, and so it's been very successful. They're asking us for a lot more wine. I keep on saying, no, no, no. Like, you know, like, let's not go so fast. But, um, but it's, it's been really exciting. Alejandro, you wanted to make a comment? No, yes, it's my first, it's my first wine in Catena, 2001. That's right. Oh. My, my first, yeah, that is emotional too for me. Uh, that is be, it's my first blend in Catena. In, mm. in yeah, Catena, I remember... I remember James did a, a vertical with you last year uh, yes. on it. And it's, so I think it's fun. fascinating that you're bringing back this historic Bordeaux blend, yeah. but it's, it's not, I mean, it's not the same. It's more approachable now. It's, it's smoother. Yeah. It's more, more, well, as I imagine them, right? Like of it's course. probably oh, more I'm aromatic, sure more approachable. Well, yeah. I think, you know, I think we are now going to do the Angelica Malbec and Cabernet. Yes. yes. Right? Yes. yes. And then we do Malbec exactly. and Cabernet at the end. Uh, Angelica Malbec is from two mm. different vineyards. Mm -hmm. One is the original plant for selection. It's handy, a little more than 100 years old. Uh, it's in Lulunta. It's in the center of the vineyards of Mendoza. Lulunta, Maipú. Lulunta. And you said the, the vines were how old for this? Yeah, 100 years old. Yeah, that's 100 year old vines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, 2002, we planted, yeah, well, we planted. <laughs> the viticulture planting in 2001, That is crazy. 1922, yeah. All, all, all vines in this, well, all days in my life, I pass off the vineyard, all days. I touch this plant and, and sing many, many, many people Touch this plan, handy year, and it's very energetic uh, time for me. That uh, I visit all day of my life. This vineyard is uh, ten kilometers from my house, and my first point in the morning is uh, Angelica Vineyard. That's uh, and Laura say, okay, sorry, Laura, today, Laura, sorry, today I need to visit uh, Angelica Vineyard. But it's my no, it's, it's my way always. That's yeah. and fifty percent is from Angelica Sur. Is Angelica South? Is uh, yeah. in, the, in the end of the Uco Valley. Is the last vineyard in Uco Valley, in San Carlos. That's uh, it's in the southern part. Yeah, southern part of southern the Uco Valley. Southern part. It's extremely, <laughs> extremely a marginal part of the vineyards, but yeah. the temperature is very, very cold. We had some problem for frost, depending the year. We have uh, 50, 30% of the production only. <laughs> uh, wow. 16 is 30% or 20%. Uh, 17% and how is the same. vines in, in that part? In the early, early to mid 90s. Uh, so we planted this vineyard, started in around 94 and then finished in around 2000. 2000, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Mm. This, uh, but for me, is perfect. Yeah, we love this area because it's 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 one of these places where we were a little nervous to plant because of the frost. And honestly, we were right to be nervous because there is actually worse frost risk there than at Adriana, which a lot of people thought Adriana would be worse. Um, my grandfather was very fearful of this location, and that's why he had never gone so south. He he would always go a little north of there in Altamira. Uh, but, you know, 
I think it's still worth it. I mean, the, the quality is extraordinary. And, it, and like Alejandro said, it's a very wild place. And the reason we call it Angelica Sur is because we have the Angelica Vineyard, our 100-year-old vineyard by the, by the riverbed uh, that's um, in, in a place called Lulunta that's a little warmer climate. And then that Masal selection was planted in Angelica Sur. And, uh, and we just, we thought, okay, uh, let's, let's have two Angelicas. One is the old Angelica where everything was born. And then let's have, you know, what Angelica can become in this cooler climate. And so that's why we decided to name, to use the name twice. Yes. Um, okay, so let's see. Uh, we should Angelica now Cabernet. The, the Cabernet. Yes. Angelica Cabernet, yeah. Cabernet is the same vineyard for, for Uco Valley. Yeah. Only, no for... Mm. You know, Malbec is both vineyards, it's uh, Angelica, all Angelica, and Angelica Uco Valley. And Cabernet Sauvignon is only Uco Valley. Um, okay, so yeah, the Cabernet is coming from the this location that um, I actually, I love to tell this story that once we were driving by there and we go by and there's these horses running around the vineyard and the road. And I was like, Alejandro, mm -hmm. wait, the last time I was here, there was horses. And I said to you, hey, can you talk to the owner so that we don't have these horses because they can actually damage the vines. And Alejandro said, you know, Laura, I've talked to him a million times. There's nothing we can do about those horses. And I was like, okay, let's just hope they don't eat our grapes, you know. No, they, we have a big problem for horses and, and ants. And yeah, and, but it's just like, this is a wild place. Like it's, it's like the wild, wild west. Yeah. You can't tell people what to do here. You, you just have to be grateful for what you get. And the quality is beautiful and it's very cold. That's the thing. It's very cold, but it, lots of sun. So even if the climate... It's, I was going to say it, it's for a, for a cold vineyard. It's got a wonderful like ripeness of fruit. Yeah. This very intense flavor. Like you've got your like ripe and cooked cherries and fruit and then your walnuts, tobacco, mocha. It's, but that's all the it's sun. very intense. But Claire, this is, yeah. so this is what I tried to explain about Argentina we have this sunlight at the altitude that is, you don't have it in other parts of the world. And so that allows us to ripen these, you know, late ripening varieties in cool climate with beautiful ripeness. And, you know, it's, it's something that it's hard for people to understand until they see it, until they stand there and they feel the intense sun and the cool wind. And then you, everybody says, I get it now. Uh, last one. Okay. So yeah. the last one, Malbec Argentina. I remember doing a, a masterclass with one of with uh with this wine last year. Oh, you did! Great. Yeah. Great. Yeah. So uh, the Malbec Argentino is uh, 2020. So we already told you a little bit about the vintage. It was cool and 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 a bit small. <clears throat> which thank God that we were able to harvest it because you know we had the quarantine and, and all that, which was crazy <clears throat> in 2020. Uh, but um, you know. I will let Alejandro talk about the wine, but it comes from um, the Basal selection in Nicasia and Angelica. So it's, it's, it's a little similar to what we told you for the Angelica wine, but this one is actually Nicasia and Angelica. Um, and um, it's, it's a wine that I told my team, I said, listen, we have a very flashy label. So um, Claire, we are selling this wine like hotcakes. I mean, People are going crazy over this wine. I've never had a wine that I could sell so easily. And they love the story. They, they the love story, the idea. The story it. about Malbec. But so I told Alejandro, yeah. I said, listen, 
I said, Alejandro, we have a very flashy label. I don't want to be one of those people that has the flashy label and the bad wine inside. So you make, you put something really good in that wine because we're not those kind of people, you know, because we are not, we don't really have a lot of flashy labels. You know, this label was created by my sister, the historian, and it's so beautiful. And she did such an incredible job, but in most of our labels are quite simple. And so Alejandro, you want to tell Claire how you, you made my dreams come true? Yes. <laughs> no, but uh, in For Angelica, it's a specific lot. It's a lot 18. That is a more old lot in the vineyard. It's a little more 100 year old. Uh, is it in the end of the vineyard? You have, uh, como se dice? Um, uh, it's right by the river. There's like a, the there's river, like a cliff. There's like a cliff right next cliff, to it. Cliff. Yeah, yeah. That is very interesting. You have all time wind for all time. You had wind for for the river, and yeah. I make uh, we make uh, this this lot for many years, and and okay, my first wine. I make my first wine in Catena is a uh, lot 18 and 20. I that thought is, it was uh, the Nicolas Catena. Oh, it was the Nicolas. <laughs> yeah. <It's> blend. <laughs> Nicolas Catena oh, no, okay. one is a blend. <laughs> For the, my first time in Catena is December the 2001. Uh, only make the blend, but in, in lot 20 and lot 18, I make the wine. It's my first wine in, in Catena Institute. <laughs> Uh, um, and the, the part of the Uco Valley, the lot is very interesting. It's limestone soil only. Um, select so plant a, for so plant. Just, just a quick thing. This is a separate parcel from where the Nicasia wine comes from. Yeah. It's another parcel that we always use for this wine. Yeah. Yes, exactly. so it's, a, it's parcel one for Nicasia. That is, uh, we select plant for plant for this bit, for this wine. Um, we have five different harvest time in Nicasia, five different harvest time in Angelica. I'm making whole cluster for, for Nicasia, 100% whole cluster in Nicasia, and 20% whole cluster for Angelica. And why? Why is the why is it hundred percent? In, in Angelica is very interesting. It's um, for me. Uh, it's more darkness fruit. A little more mm -hmm. blue. Uh, you know the new idea for blue fruit. You, the new idea for blue fruit. Blue, blue fruit. No, it's ni red ni black. It's blue. Yeah, fruit. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that for me is more more blue fruit. Angelica, and you put whole cluster. Desa desaparece, ¿cómo se dice? Se, it disappears. Disappears, yeah. And 20% is perfect for a structure, but more we had problem for, for blue fruit. Mm. And in, in Nicasia, it's more red fruit. Mm. That's, uh, I prefer more whole cluster. It's more flan. You know flan? Uh, the pudding. I need yeah, a yeah, like more pudding, like creme brulee. Yeah, exactly. Uh -huh. I need a little more um, tiny for, for this wine and put 50%, yeah. 60% whole cluster. 
And this I, mean, I, I find this incredibly aromatic. I, well, I get more purple fruit, which I guess is similar to, to blue, blue fruit. fruit. So like blueberries yeah. and like purple plums. And, but also like some dried floral, like dried roses and violets. and The violets are classic. The violets are classic of that southern location. The violets, okay. yeah, yeah. Of Nicasia, we we like if if a wine doesn't have violets, it's not from there. Yeah. I mean, a Malbec, a Malbec wine. Yeah. <laughs> There's so much to say about the wines. Thank you, thank you. Uh, thank you so much for your thank time. You. Yeah. Thank no, you. thank you. Thank you.